and we'll go through verse 23. Is that too much reading? Y'all can handle it? Okay. Let's read that together. Ready? Read. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things, but now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. Again, verse 19, the end of verse 19 says, So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Verse 22 says, but now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Today I want to talk about from this subject, righteousness leads to holiness. Righteousness leads to holiness. Father God, today thank you so much for your word. Thank you that, Father, it is done in our hearts. We receive it with thanksgiving. Let it produce in us what you said it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Righteousness leads to holiness. Can you say that? Righteousness leads to holiness. Say it again. Righteousness leads to holiness. Now, from the beginning, we've been talking about uh, reigning in life, right? You've been with me for a few weeks here talking about that, how God made us from the very jump to reign in life, okay? Over in Genesis 1.26, God said something to, to, uh, to Adam or to actually to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, he said, let us make man in our image and after our own likeness, according to our likeness. And then he said, let them have dominion over so and so forth. So notice that God said, I'm going to give them dominion, but before I give them dominion, they've got to have my image and my likeness. All right? Now, that's how God did it in the beginning, and God, in the book of Malachi, God said, I am God and I change not. So if that's how God operated in the beginning, that's how God still operates. That for you and me to walk in any level of dominion, we have to have God's image and God's likeness. We can't reign in life. We can't have, have dominion in life without God's image and God's likeness. Over in the book of Ephesians, let's, let's prove this here in the New Testament. New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 20 through 24. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4 
and verse 20 through 24. When you get there, say amen. amen. A few of you are still looking for it. Ephesians chapter 4, New Testament. Ephesians 4, verse 20 through 24. When you finally get there, it'll, you'll find these words. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your what? Your former lifestyle, your former conversation. The old man which grows corrupt according to what? Deceitful lust. So lusts are deceitful. Lusts are desires, things that the devil offers you. They are uh, intriguing, they're appetizing, but they're deceitful. It's the same way when you and I, uh, if you go fishing and you throw your bait out there, it's deceitful. What the fish don't know that inside that shrimp or buried in that squid or buried in that crab, there's a hook. And what people don't know that inside of that enticement, inside of that entertainment, there's a hook. It's a deceitful lust. Y'all got it? Verse 23, he said, so leave that alone, verse 23, and be renewed and come on the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, and when you put something off, I need you to put something on. Because if you don't put something on, the devil's going to bring what you put off right back to you. Stronger. Verse 24 says this, and that you put on, come on, the new man which was created according to God, watch this, in true righteousness and holiness. So your new man, notice this, is created according to God. Now, how was Adam created? According to God. In God's image and God's likeness. And I've been trying to teach you, if you were here Wednesday night, you heard me make it explicit to you, that the image of God is righteousness and the likeness of God is holiness. And that's how God made Adam. And you see right here in the New Testament, Ephesians 4.24, that when God recreates us, our new man is created according to God. In God's image and God's likeness, in what? True righteousness, come on, and holiness. Give me that same verse, verse 24, in the King James Version, please. King James Version, Ephesians 4, 24, and you'll see what it says here. Verse 24, the King James says, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So notice the King James flips that word true and talks about instead of righteousness being true, holiness being true. Well, which one is right? Doesn't matter. We got to have true righteousness. We got to have true holiness. Can you say amen? amen? Give me that in another translation, one that's not so well known, the uh, New English translation. I believe that's what it's called, the NET, the New English translation. It says, and to put on the new man, read it with me, please, who has been created. There it is. Did you catch that? In God's image in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. So you see that God, when God creates us as born-again men and women of God, we're made just like Adam was. 
originally. Thank you, Lord. So you and I are made like that. We have to put off the old man. Put on the new man, which was made according to God in righteousness and holiness. Can you say amen? amen? All right, now, just a little more review here. Righteousness is the state of being innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved and accepted by God. Simply put, righteousness is the right standing of God. It is the right standing with God. Remember that. Now, according to Romans 5.17, righteousness is a gift. We've been on that one, right? For as by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, come on, the abundance of grace and of the will reign in life through Jesus Christ, right? We got to get that down in our spirits here. So righteousness is a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. Then we saw Romans 5, 19, just two verses later, that we are made righteous. Everybody say, I'm made righteous. All right? Just like because one man's sin, many were made sinners. Now by one man's righteous act, that's really what it should say, righteous act, many will be made righteous. Right? So you and I, when we got born again, we were made righteous. You know 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that we were made not just righteous, but the righteousness of God in him. Y'all with me here? Hallelujah. Do I need to slow down? Okay, make sure, because I don't want to lose anybody. It is so critical that you get this. All right? We were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? It's a gift. We were made righteous. And it's not just any righteous. It's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go, let's read something here. Romans 3.21. We're still reviewing it. Romans 3.21. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's all right if I teach you today. Romans 3.21. Hallelujah. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the what? Through faith, come on, to all and on all. So not to everybody. Remember, it comes through faith in Jesus to all and on all who believe. So if you don't believe in Jesus and receive Jesus, you are not made righteous. You might try to be righteous, but right, the righteousness of God, the God kind of righteousness only comes through faith in Jesus, believing in him. Hallelujah. Why? For there is no difference. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? So there is no difference. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Doesn't matter what your born gender is. Or your present gender, people try to change the gender now. You can't change it because when you stand before God, your spirit, you're not going before God in your body, you're going before God in your spirit. He's going to judge you, judge you, judge your spirit based on the deeds done in your body. If you try to change your body to something else that didn't match your spirit, you're already in trouble. Well, I didn't do that. You still fell short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. For all have sinned. For all have sinned. Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Catholic, all have sinned. Atheist,
atheists, agnostics, Buddhists, Hindus, all have sinned. Muslims, they all have sinned. Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't care how many doors you knocked on. You cannot be made righteous by knocking on doors. Muslims, you cannot be made righteous by flying an airplane into a building. You cannot be made righteous by doing that. You can never eat pork a day in your life and still not be righteous. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You might as well eat bacon. You're going to hell anyway. You should might as well go to hell, go to hell with a smile. See, because the reality of it is, anything else is religion. Anything else is religion. I said anything else is religion. It's man's attempt to get to God. Man's attempt to make himself righteous. And they put up Romans 10. Romans 10 real quick. Romans 10 verse 1. Glory to God. Romans 10 verse, verse 1. Brother, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel, to God for Israel, is that they may be saved. Keep going, please. Keep going. For I bear them record that they have, uh, that they have a zeal for God, but not according to what? So he's talking about the Jews here. So the Jews even have their way of making themselves right. Just like Muslims, just like Hindus, just like Buddhists, just like atheists, just like anybody who doesn't submit to God's righteousness. They come with their own way of doing things. Verse 3, but nobody gets off, right? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their what? Have not submitted themselves to? Okay. That's what happens when you're ignorant of God's way. You go and seek your own way and establish your own way and don't submit to God's way. So when you stand before God, you say, oh, I cast out devils in your name. Oh, I heal the sick in your name. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. You, you were great, wonderful, but that was your own way. Okay. All right. Now, let's, let's keep going. We're, now now let's, let's segue into this whole idea of holiness. Let's go to the book of Titus. Titus, the three T's are together. First and second Thessalonians, first and second Timothy, and then Titus. Titus chapter three. Let me know when you get there by saying amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is such a, an important subject, ladies and gentlemen. You may not understand it yet. You may not comprehend. You may not place a value on what I'm talking about yet in your life, but it's more important than you give it credit for. Because we're talking about a church today that has grown lukewarm, if not cold. People who think they're on the way to heaven because they've been duped by some greasy grace teaching. That makes them think that they're on their way to heaven. And they're not. Because God has a righteous standard. God has a holy requirement that you and I can't skirt his requirements. We started out earlier, we said, shall we continue in sin or shall we keep on sinning because we're not under law but under grace? He said, certainly not. You 
just, you just can't do that. And so much of the modern church teaching is so soulish, if not social justice warrior-ish. And people are living as if heaven is not a reality, nor is hell a reality. Or that the second coming of Christ is not imminent. Oh, he's coming. It's coming very soon. Hallelujah. Just throw this in for free. By some estimates, by some theologians' estimates, not well, people said this 20 years ago and 30 years ago, 50 years ago, people, you know, I understand. But if we, well, I don't worry about that. Titus, are you on Titus? I'll just leave it this way. He's coming back soon. Titus 3. Are you there? Okay, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. Titus 3, verse 3. For we ourselves were also. Let's go back to verse 1. It'll make more sense. Let's go back to verse 1. Are you there? Remind them, the people of God, this is my job. This is Paul telling Titus as a pastor, do this. So this is my job to do this to you. Remind you to be subject to rulers and authorities. To obey. What? Yeah, obey. To be ready for every good work. To speak evil of. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. You know you can disagree with people's stance in their walk in life and still be courteous. And still be nice. Still be hospitable. Still be kind. Hallelujah. Why? For we ourselves were also. Now you understand why? Once foolish, disobedient, deceived. Now wait, 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 wait. You got to catch these because he's describing them. And he said we were once that. So when you see what we were once, you see what they still are. Foolish. Yeah. Can you see that in the world? People in the world are foolish. Disobedient. Deceived. That means they think they're right. They think they're doing right. They think they think their way is right. And they look at you crazy because of what you believe. And they say you go to church and you're deceived by the church. No, they're deceived by the devil. And we all were at one time. No, look at this next thing. Serving various lusts. It said, that, that's its key word. You ought to underline that. Serving. I did in my Bible. I, I underlined that word. Put a star by it. I, serving Various lusts. You and I used to serve various lusts. I, I, it stood out so, so much to be Chris. I looked it up in the Greek. That that word serving comes from the Greek word douluo, douluo, which means to be a slave, to serve, to do service. Metaphorically, it means to obey, to submit to, 
In a good sense, it means to yield obedience, but in a bad sense, which is talking about here, of those who become slaves of some base or some low-down power to yield, to give oneself up to. So notice it says, we used to, and they still do, serve various lusts. What does it mean they serve various lusts? It means they can't help it. You and I couldn't help it. People in the world, you ask them, hey, hey, man, I just, you need to just stop smoking that weed, man. I can stop smoking. I ain't no addiction. I can stop any time. No, you can't. No, you can't. I can't. You're deceived. You don't think, you don't, you don't know you're a slave. You got on bracelets. They, they handcuffs and you think they're bracelets. <laughs> You'll get that by Tuesday. You have on handcuffs, you think they're bracelets. Look at, look at this bracelet I have. This, I got that chunk, that chunk. It's a handcuff and you don't even know it. You can't control yourself. I know how it was, Elder Baker. People want to admit they looking at me all crazy. I knew how it was. I had to call her. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to call so-and-so. You didn't think that. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all, y'all, y'all holy rollers from the from the womb. I couldn't help myself. I was serving my lust. I was obedient. The lust was telling me to do it. Come on. The weed, the pills, the line, it calls people. You're serving it. Hallelujah. The bottle called him. I think I ought to stop by and get me, a, get me a drink. You didn't think you got to stop by and get you a drink. It called you. It told you to come get a drink. Serving as a slave various lusts. They call it addiction. Well, that's a natural term for it, but it's slavery. It's obedience. It's obedience. And, and if you don't obey, you feel, you feel something. Because that demon ain't, the demon going to make you feel bad if you don't obey that. I can't even go to sleep if I don't, if I don't get that. That's right. The demon ain't going to let you go to sleep. They call it withdrawal. It's not withdrawal. It's a demon ain't going to let you. Demon, no. You better go get this. I'm telling you to go get this. Why wish somebody grab a hold of what I'm saying to you? Serving various lusts and pleasures. Serving the pleasures. Living in malice. Envy. Hateful and hating one another. Can you see that? But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. But when? But when? He found me. But when? He called my name. But when? He shined a light on me. But when? His kindness hit my heart. But when? 
He unlocked the chains. Took the handcuffs off my wrists, off my mind, off my will. When he set me free. Now watch this. This is what you got to catch. Verse, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Are y'all catching this? You didn't get free by your works. You were not made righteous by your works. Not by even works of righteousness. In other words, righteous works don't make you free. His kindness and love appears and makes you free to do righteous works. Remember what we read earlier, we'll go back to it. You and I were slaves of sin. Somebody said I was a slave of sin. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop myself. Tried to set up barriers, you know. Tried to put the... So not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He's going through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. This is what he did on the inside of us, whom he poured out on us abundantly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by what? We should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Verse 8, watch this. This is a faithful saying, and these things, Paul says to Titus, I want you to affirm constantly. Pastor, why you keep bringing it up? Affirm constantly. Keep reminding the people, you are saved now. Stop acting like you're not, you used to be. Constantly remind us of our new walk in Christ. That those who have believed in God shouldn't be careful or now be careful to maintain good works. Now, he just told us our works did not make us righteous. However, now that we are, we are to be careful to maintain good works. So works don't produce righteousness, but righteousness produce works. Are you catching this here? And what, has, what is happening in the church the modern church in 2021 is many people are deceiving people of God out of righteous works. Saying, well, your works don't mean anything now. Yes, they do. He said, be careful now to maintain good works. Now that you are saved. The works didn't get you saved, but now that you are saved. Now, it doesn't matter if you go to church. That's one of your works. Oh, it don't matter how you dress. No, getting dressed the right way didn't make you saved. But the, Peter says that women ought to dress as women who be, uh, as it becometh holiness. Oh, y'all don't like that. That there's a way to dress as it becometh holiness. There's a way holiness women dress. Y'all quiet in this Baptist church. There's, it says there's a way. It don't make you saved. But once you are saved, it changes. Y'all don't like this here. It come on, I know this 22 to 1, and y'all don't want to hear this kind of preaching, but it changes everything. 
men too. Men, there's a way we ought to dress as it becomes. I'm not talking about a suit. I'm talking about you can't wear. And, and no, man, no man need to be wearing no leggings. I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> People need to see all. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. It don't matter if I go to church. Yes, it does. Doesn't matter if I pray. Yes, it does. See, they're teaching folk out of these things, praying and fasting and giving, like it don't matter anymore. Yes, it does. These are the good works that you now maintain. He said, be careful to maintain. These things are good and profitable to men. Remember Paul talked about how I think things are lawful but not, not expedient? They're not profitable, they're not helpful, helpful to me. But he says these good works, they are helpful. They are profitable. So praying, fasting, giving, worshiping, praising God, reading the word every single day of your life, these are profitable works. They don't make you saved, but now that you are saved, they, watch this, you, don't, you don't, may not understand this, but it'll come to you as you go. They will help you stay saved. I'm going to come on this side. They will help you stay saved. What you mean, stay saved? I thought once I was saved, I'm always saved. You better, you better tell Jesus that. You better ask Jesus. Because you told, told the church, it said, if you don't do this thing, I'm telling you, I'll blot your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah, you got in there, but I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of there. So it's obvious then that you can't once save, always be saved. Hallelujah. Now, I may lose some subscribers on that, but it's just. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mama Alberta said something that was so powerful in the statement. She said, I'd much rather be left out than left behind. That, that, that's, that's worth tweeting. I'd much rather be left out than left behind. The reason so many people get involved in so much junk is because they don't want to be left out. They want to be in the in crowd and in, I want to be in fashion with all, I want to be in this and in the know. You're going to be in there, but you're going to be left behind when Jesus comes. I ain't trying to be left behind. Hallelujah. Now, are you getting this so far? So, I'm not saved by my righteous works, but my, my salvation will now produce righteous works in me. Now, let's, let's stay in the book of Titus and let's go backwards a little bit. Let's go to chapter 2 here. Chapter 2, because we're going to see something here. that It is so important. I wish I had the ears of the whole body of Christ this morning. At least the people in our church. Because people in our church are being deceived. Being tricked right up out of their stance, their walk with God. And the Bible said it's happening because of the church. And the Bible talks about the false teachers and false preachers that will rise in the last days, deceiving and being deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. Evil men, the Bible says it warns you about evil men and imposters, it calls them. Evil men and imposters. Deceiving and being deceived. And people get tricked right up out of their walk with God. 
Hallelujah. You know, you know the thing about, about, about drinking that's so dangerous? Do you want to know? Yes, sir. Is you don't know when you got drunk. That, that's, see, that's the thing, you, you, don't, you don't know when it happens. You, you just, you just, it's just a subtle drifting right into it. I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I, I, I was at a church preaching, and uh, I blacked out. It was, it was hot, extremely hot. I was dehydrated, had fasted all day long, ministered under the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, laid hands on plenty of people, anointing was so strong, and my body said, Doop, that's it. I blacked out. I didn't know it. I didn't know it until I woke up and looked up, and everybody, I'm like, wherever I want y'all. In my mind, that instant when I woke up, I thought I was home sleeping in the bed. I'm like, why are these jokers in my room? And I asked, I said, how long was I got? They said like maybe 10, 15 seconds at the most. I was like, really? In my mind, I'm home asleep. That, that's literally how I felt. I didn't know. I didn't know when it happened. And you know what I thought about when I said, I said, that's why to the believer, death is nothing. Death has no sting. Because the believer, you don't know when you die. Y'all don't like this. To the believer, we don't die, we go to sleep. You didn't know when you went to sleep last night, did you? You don't know when. You, you know you was planning on it, but you don't know when you went to sleep. Some of y'all go to sleep right in church. You don't know when it happens. Just all of a sudden, it's... Oh. Hey, oh, you don't know when it happens. It's happened to me before. Just all of a sudden, you drop your candy. You're like, oh, 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 oh. I'm very happy to be here. So when you, when you drink, you don't know. See, so what happens with this, with this soothsaying grace teaching that's out here today is it, it, lets, it causes people to, to, to just slowly drift. It lulls people to sleep. That, yeah, that, that's what Apostle Derber calls it, the sleeping pill. That you don't know. Once, one is just... Well, it's okay to just skip church. It's okay if I just go to that concert. If I listen to that. Well, it's not so hard if I just watch this. It's not so hard. Well, I'm not going to hell if I do that. I'm not going to hell if I do that. Well, it may be true that you're not going to hell if you do that. But what you don't realize is it's cl you're closer than you were. And you don't know when you all of a sudden now are asleep.
it, you, I've told you all this before. It used to be when I was a Christian, I thought I, I had this thing down, that I would get as close to the edge as I could of sin without crossing over. I'm like, I see how far I can go without actually. I'm like testing myself in the spirit. None of y'all ever did that, did you? I test myself. I see, boy, I can. But I knew, no, I'm, I'm going to hold up. I didn't, I didn't know I was already in it. Finally, God got it through to my lightning fast mind. No, how about you get as far away from that edge as you can and don't go anywhere near it. Like me, if I, if I were to go to the Grand Canyon, if I go on a, a <laughs> my family last year, we went and stayed, I don't know, when was that last year or something, we went and stayed at this hotel, and inside, it was, this hotel had to be, I don't know, 20, 30 stories, whatever it was, and we stayed on maybe the top floor, whatever, somewhere real high, and, you know, you can look over the balcony into the whole atrium area. I go and try to feel brave, but I could feel it like in my legs. I, this, you ever that tingling feeling in your legs? Like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. You feel something in there like, mm-mm. No, no, I'm going back in the room. So that's what this goofy grace teaching does. Now watch this. Are you in Titus 2? Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm probably not going to finish all this today. Let's just take our time. Titus 2, verse 11. Now, my Bible above it says, trained by saving grace. Somebody say grace. Grace. What does yours say, Laquanda? Verse 11? The Christian life. Okay. It's fine. You should write trained by saving grace. This is better. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Okay, verse 11. Verse 11, are you there? For the grace of God that brings salvation... What brings salvation? What does it bring? Salvation. What brings salvation out? What does it bring? Salvation. So the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now remember we read in chapter 3 when the kindness and the love of our God, of God our Savior toward men appeared. So this grace we see here is the love and kindness of God. Okay? That's how you get saved. We are saved by grace, Ephesians 5, uh, uh, saved by grace through faith. Okay? Um, now watch this. The grace that brings salvation has appeared, has appeared doing what? Teaching us. Oh, well, grace is a teacher. That word teaching actually means training. That's why the Bible uses above it the title, title of training. So grace comes not to loose you, but train you. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. It's going to teach us the Christian lifestyle. Is that that what your Bible said, Laquanda? What? The Christian life. So grace is going to teach us the Christian life. Grace doesn't come to let us off the hook for everything. Grace comes to give us parameters. Watch. Watch. Teaching us that you can live any kind of way you want to and God doesn't mind. No. What does your Bible say? 
teaching us that denying ungodliness, ungodliness, ungod, deny it. Just say no. Somebody holler, just say no. Y'all remember back, back in, 80, in 1980 when uh, 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 Nancy Reagan became first lady, her campaign against drugs was just say no. They splattered out all over the school campuses and everywhere across America, just say no. What she didn't understand was that's easy for a person who's never been on drugs. But anybody who's gotten on drugs, they can't just say no. They're serving the drugs. But you and I, grace gives us the power to just say no. So watch this. Teaching us that denying ungodliness. So anything that's ungodly or anything that's not godlike, he says deny it. Are y'all okay in this holiness church? Are y'all okay with learning about holiness? Do you think God wants us to be holy? That's what the Bible says. Pursue holiness with all men. Or pursue, right, uh, pursue peace with all men. And holiness without which no man will see the Lord. It didn't say without righteousness. It didn't say without grace. It said without holiness, no man will see the Lord. You know why? He's holy. And I know this is not a popular preaching. You know, you, they, they're not going to be in the holiness conferences in 2022. People don't go platinum for singing about holiness. But if you want to make it to heaven, if you want to make it in, if you want to see him in perfect peace, because the Bible says when Jesus comes back, it says, let him that is unrighteous be unrighteous still. Let him that is righteous be righteous still. Let him that is holy be holy still. Let him that is unjust be unjust still. He's going to make a difference. No, you holy, you not holy. You holy, come on. You unholy, you stay there. Are y'all all right this morning? Preach about money. I am preaching about your money. My family in trouble. People need to be holy. Because everybody gets holy, then we're all on the same page. It doesn't argue about if everybody holy. What's causing the argument is all the worldly lust, all the ungodliness. Serving. <laughs> now he's teaching, everybody say the grace is teaching. Say it again, grace is teaching me. That I should deny ungodliness and worldly lust, says we should live so soberly with clear minds, clear thinking. Now, when you first start drinking, you sober, right? Problem is, do you keep you don't know what ounce, you don't know which ounce puts you over. Oh, it's just another glass. It don't have to be the whole glass. It just it's just, it only takes one ounce. One sip. You don't know which sip puts you over. See? Remember we read earlier, we'll get back to it by Wednesday, lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. 
So once you get over in that one little sip that puts you over, that sip's going to call for another sip. Now you start feeling good. And you want to feel real good. And it's going to call for more and more. And before you know it, now you're sloppy drunk. And all you wanted was to calm your nerves. That's the only thing you wanted was to calm your nerves. I just wanted something to settle my stomach. <laughs> you saying I can't drink? I ain't saying you can't drink. I didn't say that. I did not say you couldn't drink. But soberly, he's not talking about alcohol. He's talking about here in your in your thinking, in your living, sober thinking. That means don't get drunk on this world and let the world dictate to you how you operate. Don't let the world keep feeding you their foolishness. I mean, it's just, it's just, I'm just like, oh my God, people are, I don't know how we avoid the COVID subject and the, and the vaccine subject and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Grace is training me right now. Grace is training me right now. I'm supposed to live soberly. Then it says righteously. 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 See, once I'm made righteous, there's a righteously. It's a way I act. So the righteousness produces a righteous behavior. I understand I'm in right standing with God, but because I'm in right standing with God, there's a way I now stand right with God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all are getting this this morning? You hear what I'm saying? Okay. I don't want to waste your time. I'm not wasting my time because I'm, I'm feeding off this myself. See, because this is good for me, D, because I, many times I got to remind myself, my wife and I say this all the time, we got to just keep reminding ourselves, okay, we're not crazy. Because, boy, you look at people, pastors and churches out there, and you start thinking, well, wow, where, where are we going wrong? Maybe it's just us. They all over YouTube doing the craziest stuff, posting it. The church eat gobbling up all their views. They're doing the most worldly Things that you're like, what? What are y'all doing? Man of God? Woman of God? Cover your bosom up, woman of God. What are you doing? You gonna, you gonna really preach like that? <laughs> and godly. And godly. And godlike. In this present age. In other words, what Paul was recognizing back then here in Titus, that they were living in an evil world. 
way back then, they were living in a, in a compromised, fallen, evil world. And he said, but the grace is going to teach you how to live righteously, godly, soberly in the midst of all this stuff. So that means even in 2021 and coming in 2022, that is, as bad as it may get, as evil as it may be, as, it, as wicked as things may be, even when people in the church go all off, crazy off the chain, you and I still by grace have the ability to live soberly, righteously, and godly in the midst of all this wickedness. It means parents, you don't have to give your children over to that wicked lifestyle. Because I want them to fit in. I don't want them to ever be left out. I want them to have friends. And the worst thing I see among the body of Christ is these parents who are living vicariously through their children's lives. Children get into foolishness and the parents are, oh, I like that. That's nice. Ooh, that's, that's good. And you, you, are, you are endorsing your children's foolishness because now you want to be your children's friends. Friends don't let friends drive drunk and friends don't let friends go to hell. see you in foolishness. I'm not going to endorse that. I'm not going to like that. I'm going to blast you till you have to block me. But some of you parents, I'm talking to people on the camera, you're so scared to be blocked that you won't send it to your own children like Eli didn't send anything to his own children and his children died and he died with them. His children died, and he died with them because he didn't say anything. He didn't stop them from their sin. So even in this present age, well, things have changed. No, they're right. They were evil back then. Even in this present age. Why? Why are we doing this? We're looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to live right because I'm looking for Jesus. I'm going to walk around because I'm looking for Jesus. He could come any day now. And I'm not, not going to be caught with my works undone. I'm not going to be caught slipping with the world trying to fit in with my friends or my family or other pastors. No, Jesus is coming. And it says looking for it. I'm looking for it. Are you looking for him to come back? Well, if you're looking for him to come back, you get ready. If, I, if somebody said, hey, I'm coming at certain, sir, I'm going to come out. I don't know about, it's going to be around a certain time. I don't know exactly what minute I get there, but I'm going to come around a certain time and hey, be ready because we're going, we going to pull folks something. Uh, I'm going to be ready. Yes. I don't want to come and hunt the horn. I got to say, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, I ain't no hold up. My dad used to tell me every morning, getting ready for school, I always used to be slugging, slacking around. He used to say, boy, that, that bus ain't going to wait on you. I know y'all had limousine rides at school. But my dad said, boy, that, that bus ain't going to wait on you. Get ready. Right now, that bus ain't going to wait on you. 
When Jesus comes, I want to go back with him. That was weak, boy. That was weak, boy. I said, when Jesus comes, I want to go back with him. Did you, and did you notice something? Here's a side note, Elder Baker. It said, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It calls Jesus God. Now, I know that may go over some of your heads. But you didn't know that he is God. Jesus is God. Don't let anybody put him down in some category with Muhammad and Confucius and Buddha and these men, John Smith and all these men, these, y'all know John Smith, the whole, all these, the, the Mormons, they, that's their savior, John Smith. Can I keep going? Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous, zealous for good works. Now remember in Romans 10, Paul said my prayer for Israel is that they might be saved because I bear the record they have a zeal. So they were zealous, but not according to knowledge. He says, you and I here, he wants us to have some zeal to be zealous for good works. And he doesn't mean going out there and feeding the poor. That's good. But he's talking about now that you are saved, there's a saved lifestyle that I want you to embark on. I, I don't want you anymore in the ungodliness and worldly lusts. But I want you now, your works, to be sober, righteous, and godly in this present age. There's a way you and I walk. There's a way you and I talk. There's a way you and I live. There's a way you and I treat each other. And it's called holiness. Somebody just shout one good time, holiness. Now, I know it's not a very popular subject, but it's the right subject for today. Holiness. God makes a requirement of holiness. Look at how y'all looking at me. Do me a favor, media. Put up Titus 2, verse 12, in the voice. In the voice. I, I believe I sent it to you so you can have it. Look at this. It says, grace arrives with its own instruction. Run away. Run away. Run away. Run. Don't get close to it. Run away. Don't dibble dabble with it. Run away. Don't hem haw and haw and hobnob with it. No. Run away. Don't rub elbows with it. Run away from anything that leads us away from God. Man, I, I was so proud. I had a, got a call from, from, uh, from uh, my brother Eduardo one day. He was calling, talking about some things he had watched, and he was set this, this whole veganism diet. And he was talking about, hey, I don't, he, and his words were, I don't want to get in anything that's going, basically, I'm putting my own words, lead me away from Christ. I want to do right things for my body, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not sure about this. 
And he said he started praying and asking God, hey, what I do? And he said God told him, call your man of God. Now, see, 19% of y'all wouldn't even do that. You wouldn't even dream, you know, no, this is what I, some people said, some, I'm going to just do it because they said, my man of God don't know nothing about no health and wellness. No, but I know something about the spirit. I know something about the spirit. And people get engaged with things and don't even realize they are being led away from God. When the pipe, piper played his pipe, the kids didn't know they were being led away from the safety of their parents' homes. They thought they were just listening to music. Listen to the music, listen to the music, listen to the music. Oh, look at the music, so nice. And they're being led away. When a, when, when, when a trapper tries to trap an animal, he will place food along a route that's leading to a trap. The animal, the prey does not know. The predator is setting him up. So he thinks he's just got free food. Free food. Free food. Look at that. I ain't got a word for that. He doesn't realize he's being led away, led astray into a trap. And the body of Christ has lost its discernment and its spiritual sensitivity. And it's running too, instead of running away from things that lead away from God. I'm gonna preach it anyhow. I'm gonna preach it anyhow. How in the world did so and so end up way back out there? Because they didn't run away. How did so-and-so who was preaching, so-and-so who was teaching, so-and-so who was running with God, so-and-so who was laying on hands, so-and-so was casting out devils, how did they get way back out there? Because they didn't run away from things that were leading them away from God. And I guarantee you, the Holy Ghost and saints of God warned so-and-so. And here is grace trying to teach us not you can live any way you want to, but grace saying, I'm going to create a lane for you to stay in that's going to keep you safe from the predators, from the ravening wolves, from the lions. There's a lion that's on the loose. You have an adversary of the devil who goes about as a roaring lion seeking who may devour. As long as you stay in the pack and stay on the path, those lions cannot ravage you. But when you stray away, the Bible says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. You, you get afflicted when you go astray. But now I keep your word. Psalm 119, verse 67. So when you see this is what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, hear me and don't ignore me. Don't just pop your gum like I ain't saying nothing important. Don't act like I'm telling you something that's not valuable to you. I'm telling you that the devil is after you and your saved self. I was, I was saying, God, the, the, listen, the last couple of nights, I've had some dreams that were just crazy. And I'm like, God, why am I dreaming that kind of stuff? 
to the point I had to get up in my practice and say, God, I'm gonna, I, I, I vow to you, I will never stray to the left or to the right. Those things that even I saw in my dream, I will never do things like that. See, the devil knows he can't get me while I'm awake. I'm going to come over here. He knows I'm, I'm hip to his game when I'm awake. So he's trying to come, and, I, and then the same thing happened last night. Something else crazy. I'm like, it's what I, I said, God, what is this? And I remember hearing uh, last Sunday night, my, my wife and I watched this guy, doctor, uh, not doctor, Pastor Tommy Bates. He's up in Independence, Kentucky. Powerful, powerful man of God. Powerful preacher. Glory to God. You want to have some good church on Sunday night, you watch Community uh, Faith Church, I think it's called. And we watched the man, this, I mean, partners in their ministry and everything. And he was preaching last Sunday night about, he gave a story about how this man who was walking with God, uh, all of a sudden, one day he came home, his wife, his wife called Pastor Tommy and said, hey, something's wrong, you need to pray for so-and-so. And she said, he said, what's going on? He said, my husband came home, eyes glazed over, and he said, I'm leaving. What's wrong? I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, listen, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to take care of the kids, but I'm leaving. And he left. When she finally tracked him down, he was living in some raggedy house, some, I mean, just, he, I mean, he has a beautiful house with a wife and a family there, beautiful big old house. And they, and Pastor Tommy said, he, he ended up going there and saw him this raggedy, like, what are you doing? And he said, I don't know. And he said, they begin to pray in, in the spirit. They called a prayer team, let's pray over this, pray for this guy, and revealed there was some witchcraft on him. That someone had, had these witches, you don't know witches are real. I'm going to come over here. Y'all know witches are real. Don't think about this, 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 you know, teenage witch junk. I'm talking about witches are real. Witches pop up right in this church. I've seen them. One of them got revealed to me, and I said, like, I knew it. It wasn't a matter of time before she left and took half the church out. God had showed it to me. Because I've been asking, he showed one night, he showed me this, this lady in a dream, and she, she, was, she was bleeding milk out of her mouth. I said, God, what is that? She's a witch. Got it. Y'all better stop being Presbyterian on me, right? Y'all better hear what I'm saying. We're dealing with real issues. There are real demonic forces, and witches are against you. That's why we spent this past Wednesday in prayer. This past Wednesday in prayer, we spent dealing with all these witches and demons and things the devil's trying to use against his ministry. So pastor talked about how this, what they had done, these witches had prayed and they had taken this coin and put this coin in this man's pocket. He didn't know it. And the Holy Ghost revealed to them where it was. They went and found that coin in the man's closet, in his pocket, got out of his pocket. The man snapped out of it, totally went back to his wife and got a happy home now. Tell your neighbor, this is real, this is real. Tell your neighbor this, say stop playing church. No, tell somebody else, tell them stop playing church. Can you do me a favor, can you get up and find somebody else around you, tell them stop playing church. Playtime is over. 
Playtime is over. Playtime is over. It's over. It's over. You got too much destiny, too much purpose, and a summoning and anointing on your life. It's it's time of playing games. Sit down. Let me let me let me let me finish this a little more. Just a little more. Just a little more. Just a little more. Barbara, you heard the Lord. So we can't play. Being cute and cute church. The devil's after our kids. And he's after you. Pray for me because he's after me. If you don't pray for your pastor every once in a while, I ain't your pastor. If you, don't, if you don't think about me and call me at least once a week in your prayer time somewhere, I'm not your pastor. Go find your pastor. Your pastor's somewhere in town. How can you say that? Because if I'm, if I'm your pastor, you know I'm the one feeding you. I'm the one covering you. I pray for you every day. By name, if he puts you on my heart. Why? Because, man, the devil is real. And, and how we say, think it's a game. Where I left off? Oh, I'm talking about Titus 2.12. I don't know how I got way over there. Lord, have mercy. But somebody need to hear that. I think we all needed to hear that. I don't have time to play around no more. If you want to play church, there's some play churches down the street. You can go and play church. You can catch them on Zoom or on conference call, whatever. You can meet them together and whatever. But we ain't going to play church around here. How come you so strict? Because I ain't playing church. Run from everything that leads us away from God. He says, abandon, abandon, abandon the lusts and passions of this world. The lusts and passions. It's, it's, it's just it's amazing to me to see what people, so-called Christians, are, are, are engaging in and not abandoning. And somehow figure that God's all right with it. I contend, my brother, my sister, you do not know God. God is holy. I said God is holy. He said, live life now in this age with awareness, come on, and self-control Doing the right thing and keeping yourselves holy. Keeping yourselves holy. Keeping yourselves holy. Lord, keep me holy. No, no, keep yourself holy. 
He made you righteous. You got to keep yourself holy. So can you, can you see then through what we've laid out today that true righteousness, right standing, produces holiness? Can you see that? How many of y'all see that? That true righteousness, when you're really in right standing with God, it produces holiness. That right standing awareness doesn't seek to abuse the grace of God. But it seeks to embrace the grace of God to now live holy. That when you understand, I have been made right with God. I've been reconciled to God. Now it produces a holy longing on the inside of me. I want you to imagine this. this. This will never happen. This will never happen. But if I were unfaithful to my wife and somehow through her grace and kindness and forgiveness, she forgave me and accepted me back, do you think I'm going to take any time, waste any time, take any chance of ever violating that again? I'm talking about when, 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 when it should have been over. You, I'm talking about now, boy, she accepts me back. She going to know everywhere I am. And she ain't got to call me. My phone gets wiped clean. The little black book gets thrown away. Your email address changes. All your handles on your social media. Y'all ain't saying that to me. Everything changes because, hey, I don't ever want to be in a situation again where she even has any premonition, any thought. Why? Because I'm so grateful that she accepted me. Now, you and I were the ones who wronged God. He didn't wrong us. You and I were the ones who sinned against him. He never sinned against us. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. To make us acceptable, approved in his sight. Now, why would I then now take advantage and abuse his love messing with the world. No. God, you never got to worry about me. Ever strand on you again. And the times when I did, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm so sorry I fell. I so, I'm so sorry I was weak. I'm so sorry I yielded to that. And I know how I felt when, when I came to the recognition that I had strayed from you. And God, I never want you to feel that way again. I never want to grieve your spirit. I never want to grieve 
your spirit. That's why the Bible says it back in Ephesians 4. It says, do not grieve the spirit of God. Do you know that when you and I sin and do our own things, that we grieve his spirit? Anybody know what it means to grieve? Anybody ever lost someone real close to you? I mean real close, a mother, a father, a child. You lost someone real close and you grieved. The Bible says don't make God feel like that. That's exactly how God felt when he had to put Adam out of the garden. When God put Adam out of the garden, it literally is the Hebrew word for divorced. God and Adam got divorced is what it really means. And God was grieved. Do you know how I broke God's heart to know that this man I created, I was pouring all my love on, and we fellowship every day. We couldn't fellowship anymore. How grieved he was. So now when you and I, who've been brought into his family, if we sin, the Bible says we make him feel the same way we do. That grieves him. And you and I know that we don't like the feeling of grief. So I don't want to ever make God feel that way. So I don't take him, the spirit of God, the spirit of holiness, and make force him to watch something that would grieve him. Force him to listen to music. Force him to go into some place. So many times in the body of Christ, we've made our lives about us. I'm doing it because this is what I like. Have you forgotten that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And wherever you go, you're taking him. Whatever you watch, you're forcing him to watch. Whatever you listen to, you're forcing him to listen to you. He's in you. So it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. And I don't ever want to grieve him. I don't ever want to grieve him. I don't want to hurt God's heart. I love him. Do you love him today? Come on, don't fool me. Do you really love him? If you love him, stand on your feet. We'll get into it deeper on Wednesday. I want you to just lift your hands to him. Just in a comfortable way, just lift your hands to him right now. And I will give you something to say, but I, I, I'm going to ask you in your own words. If you would right now renew your commitment, your covenant to God. That you would, in your own words, I'll just play some soft music right there for just a minute. Just in your own way, just let God know that you want to live holy and you want to live right. You're thankful for his righteousness, his grace. I know that you're thankful for what he's done and that you're committing him. This is what I was doing. I was driving yesterday by myself. I was just driving and saying, God, I repent for my dreams. I don't know where that's coming from, but it's not me, Lord. And I will never stray from you. I will never do those things. 
I don't want anything like that even around me. I don't want to hurt you ever, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If it helps, I want you to remember back to some moment when you lost someone who was very special to you. Somebody who maybe meant the world to you. They were a parent, a child, a sibling. Of something you lost and how you grieved, how you felt. And think back to how you felt. Maybe even how you still feel about that. But I want you to see God, our Father, who's real. I want you to imagine how he feels when we falter, when we stray. Oh, he loves us, yes, and that's why he grieves. That's why he grieves. And when you've gotten that really in your spirit, I want you to then just in your own way, just let God know. One, God, I'm sorry. And I'll never, I'll never stray from you again. I'll never deviate from your way and from your will. I make a covenant with you, Lord. Make a covenant with you, Father, that I'll serve you all the days of my life. I will not turn to the left nor to the right to serve any other God. I will run as far away from anything that leads me away from you as I can. I abandon the worldly pleasures, worldly lusts. Any entertainment, any music, any videos, any programs, any reading, anything that's trying to pull me away from you, Lord. Some of you, you, you know it. You know it. You're, you're trying to suppress those thoughts. You know something you're reading, something you're listening to. You know it. You know it. Something you're watching. You know it because your spirit is reminding you. Your spirit is disturbed. And yet you try to just watch it through it. Go get through it because it was just, it's just this or just that. But I want you to see Christ in you, the hope of glory, the God living on the inside of you. And I want you to imagine how he feels. And for just, just this moment and from here on out, just let it be about him. We sing the song many times. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself. I give myself to you. I give myself away. I give myself to you. I give myself away. That's what I'm asking you to do right now is give yourself away. Lord, it's not about me, it's about you. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm not perfect yet. I'm not already attained, but this one thing I do, forget those things that are behind me. I reach forward to those things which are before me. 
I press, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I'm reaching higher to a place of true holiness in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we stand before you repentant in our hearts for wherever we have allowed worldly lusts, pleasures, desires to creep in and draw us away from you in the slightest bit. God, and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us every time we falter, every time we've let you down. We ask you, Father, to wash us Let the regeneration come. Let the washing of the water, the word come. Let us be renewed in the spirit of our minds today. Let us, Lord, come to a place, Lord, of really all or nothing. We don't want to play the middle. We want to be all or nothing, Father. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. All about serving you, delighting you, making you happy. Because we know that if we do that, then you will make us happy. Truly happy. We will truly enjoy life. Far beyond our wildest imagination. Thank you, Father, that these are your people as we stand before you. You are revealing and removing everything that's not like you inside of us. That's what I'm asking you to do as a pastor in this church. Remove, reveal and remove anything that's not like you, Father. Any way we have, any tradition we have, any actions we take, Lord, anything that we do that's not in line with your will and your word, anything that blocks the flow of your spirit, your, of your anointing, God, we want to remove from this ministry, remove from our lives. We ask you to expose all the hidden work of dishonesty and craftiness, Expose every work of witchcraft, sorcery. Expose every place where demons are at work. In the name of Jesus, that these, we, your people, may be free. Your glory may be free to move and fill this place. Or your spirit and your anointing may be free to move in this place. In the name of Jesus, we consecrate ourselves once again to you. We make this a prayer of consecration, Lord, to you right now. We are yours, sir. We are yours, sir. We belong to you, Lord. Not our wills, but your will be done. In the name of Jesus, God, raise up this house to be a spiritual house. We even make our own homes, our own houses, spiritual houses. Make us, these temples, these bodies, spiritual houses, oh God. Hallelujah that we operate in a different dimension, in a different realm, above the fray of this world and this world system, that, God, you can move in us and use us in a way beyond our own natural comprehension. And Father, I pray that these, your people, will be filled with joy and gladness because we are filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Your kingdom, you said in the Word, is righteousness, 
and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we receive the fullness of your kingdom in our lives. We give you praise and glory. We give you honor. Thank you for righteousness and thank you for holiness. Today we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 If you agree, I want you to shout amen and give God a praise today. <laughs>